Are you okay? Yeah. Fuck, man. I'm all right. Are you? Man, just got away with the skin of our teeth, though. Fuck, man. Well, we made it. Sorry, guys. We're late. Yeah. Final episode. Finally, yeah. finally getting it done. Yeah. This uh, this dentist guy, he's just relentless. Like he's just he doesn't stop. He found yeah. He, he found her. Stop. He found her bunker on uh, the last episode, so we had to. Yeah, I think I think David really slowed slowed him down. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, we David. lost yeah. David. Um, you know, but I'm surprised he's been the only casualty. Honestly, mm. the fact that we've you know uh, gotten this far and I are know. sitting here doing the, the final podcast is kind of well. We have to finish what we started. You know, like That's true. we can't. Um, That's true. We can't do this without uh, knowing who is the better director. Yep. <laughs> Rifen or Linklater. Linklater, yep. So, on that note, welcome welcome back to the last episode of the season of Director Showdown. And um, uh, my name is Adam Dauphin. My name is Brent Carroll. And uh, with us today, guys, we have a couple of special guests who uh, we uh, dragged down here with <laughs> us for this final episode. Yeah. Um, Kind of on the run. Sorry to kind of put you guys in this position. I I feel like we're like putting people in danger. It's kind of they they know. voluntarily like agreed to do this. This is yeah, not, that's true. You guys agreed to be on weeks ago this. before yeah. it had gotten this bad. But yeah, yeah. I mean, when you signed the waiver, it said mm-hmm. Dennis is a huge threat to your life, rain yeah, or shine yeah. or risk of death. That's what it said in, yep. in fine print at the bottom. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we have. Uh, um, John, it's uh, been nice to it was nice to know y'all actually because I feel like I'm about to die here. <laughs> it's, well, uh, yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. I don't know. Let's hope not. The vibe is a little more gloomier than I thought it was going to be. It's, it's very like, dark in yeah. here. Yes, it's really dark. I can't here. see anything. At yeah, all. I can't even really see your guys. There's faces, no lights but, on. You know, I didn't even know we almost was here until y'all started talking. It was fucking weird. <laughs> but uh, and we also have. Uh, Amy, I'm Brent's wife, mm-hmm. and I fully expect for you to put your life on the line for me when Dennis comes I out. absolutely <laughs> will, babe, 100%. <laughs> absolutely. I'll throw myself under that under that bus mm-hmm. so you can get away. Thanks, yeah. Well, before we, before we get right into the movie that uh, we chose this week, which was The Neon Demon by Nicholas Winding Rifenen, the last one in the series, um, we always like to ask the guests, like, their opinions on the directors that we that were doing this season. Um, so we'll start with John. And uh, what what movie from 
Nicholas Winding Riefen do you like, and what movie do you like from Linklater, the best of their filmography, and uh, who who do you prefer over one or the other? Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, actually, no, it's actually pretty easy. I haven't seen a whole lot of Riefen films, so I would have to say like my favorite one is probably Drive. Mm. Although this one's getting up there, so watching this one over and over to prepare. <laughs> I know, I know, dude. We asked you like numerous times, like, hey, I think we might be able to record the episode this day, but like we're on the run and shit's you know crazy yeah. right now. And I know you've watched it like four times well, already. Been, yeah. So <laughs> your perspective is going to be uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I, I didn't know the gravity of this whole situation now, so I'm, I'm kind of at ease. But it's uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool. Um, so Drive is probably like my favorite reference film. Um, my favorite Linklater film, ooh, that's a tough one, shit. Probably Days and Confused, I guess. Cool. It's a uh, good pick. Yeah, that one's a pretty great one. Slacker was a uh, Linklater, and I think, uh, did you ask me if, which one do I think is a better director, I guess, or right. my, in my opinion? Mm-hmm. Uh, Linklater, for sure. For me, Linklater's had a huge influence on the stuff that I've written and just stuff that I want to do in general on film, so I, I really like, like, you know, Linklater's awesome. Slacker is a pretty good movie, too. So, oh, honorable cool. mention on yeah. that one. So, who do you, who do you prefer? Uh, I prefer probably Linklater. It's like it's kind of his stuff is a little bit easier to digest than Refn. Not that Refn's is, is like bad or anything. It's just mm-hmm. um, uh, in this case, I'm I'm going for re- rewatchability, I guess. And out of the two movies mm-hmm. that I've seen from Refn, uh, the other flicks are easier to easier to watch. See, that's that's so weird because Refn's kind of like this repeat viewings enhances every one of his movies. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like. And that repeatability aspect. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that mm. for sure. But what about you, babe? Uh, and let me yeah, help her out. Let me say, <laughs> so, okay, link later, you got... Um, yeah, I'm not a qualified person for this <laughs> podcast. I'm only here because you like my opinion on, yeah. on movies. You always have so. some wisdom. Um, <laughs> not yeah. familiar with their I mean, history. well, okay, so School of Rock. Okay, Linklater did. My um, favorite Linklater film. There we go. School of Rock. That's a great Yeah, film. I'm trying to think of like other ones that, that are Days and Confused. Um, uh, <laughs> right, we're just blanking out. Slacker. Uh, oh, uh, you love um, Boyhood. Boyhood, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I really like that movie. Yeah. That's a really good movie. You like bought that one. Like, it's rare that yeah. like you go out and like bring like a movie home, but like you like bought that one on DVD. Yeah, I really, I, that probably I like more than School of Rock because mm. since I'm from a family of divorce and grew up in Texas, I related to mm. a lot in that mm. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though I'm not a boy, but. It still just had like a lot to you, that you could connect with as someone who grew up in a split household. And in that time period too, like yeah. the era was definitely exactly. like, mm-hmm. I, I recognize like a lot, like I remember those Mac computers. I remember playing Pokemon yeah. on my Game Boy. Like there's like a lot of that stuff. And after high school, I moved to Austin just like you did. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> for sure. No, uh, no love for Bad News Bears. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I haven't seen that movie recently, but I liked it when I saw it, but I was probably like 15, yeah. 16. Yeah. Um, so with yeah. uh, with Refn, you're probably just familiar with uh, Drive. Drive. I watched it with Brant, but I wasn't paying very close attention. I'm I really think you bad really about. Saw it. Yeah. yeah, I'm really bad about being on my phone during movies. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one you probably saw was Neon Demon. At least I hope so. Yeah. No, yeah. I did. I watched it this morning. So of those two, <laughs> which one would you prefer? Neon Demon. 
Ooh. Or the penis scenes from Bronson, which you have seen. Oh, yeah. That. Right. <laughs> the penis That's scenes from Bronson the, the are my ant- favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're into Give those ant eaters, huh? Give me some of that Tom Hardy D. <laughs> those ant eater. Those little ant eaters. Right? Yeah. Um, so I would. So I would assume that uh, Linklater is probably more so. You're more yeah. so on Linklater side. Yeah. Right probably with my style. And I, I feel like we, like I've heard a lot of. This might be going on like a tangent, like maybe a personal tangent, but like I've heard people say that. Have you ever seen the Before Sunrise, Before oh, yeah. Sunset series? Like Ethan Hawke. A lot of people say that that's like a really good series to watch with like your your like spouse, and because it's like it's basically about like falling in love and it's about like a marriage over the years realistically yeah like very realistic and people say it's like the boyhood kind of but like with a married couple so like you probably like yeah. you probably enjoy i feel it. i've never cool. seen them so like we should let's check watch them, them together we should baby. sounds great, great. <laughs> <laughs> well um i guess uh to give our listeners a little summary about the neon demon i'll just Go to our patented IMDb summary yeah. reading page thing. And of course, uh, a lot of these are garbage, but um, <laughs> because they're so long. But yeah, the one yeah. that I found, you know, Anonymous, they just they, they come through every time, Anonymous. Uh-huh. And so Anon uh, gave us this uh, really concise and on point summary, which is. When, in, when aspiring model Jessie moves to Los Angeles, her youth and vitality are devoured by a group of beauty-obsessed women who will take any means necessary to get what she has. Simple as that. It's not... There's mm-hmm. nothing... Um, the other ones are like... like Summarize the entire movie. Yeah, yeah like go through you know. beat by beat, which mm-hmm. is a, it's a hard thing to do for this movie... Like, in particular, more so than a lot of his other ones. Yeah, because it's an experience rather than, like... Mm-hmm. A plot, yeah, like more of a mood <laughs> type thing for sure. Do you um, have any um, any trivia for us, Chief? Um, you know, there really actually isn't like a lot of great trivia for this one. Surprisingly, um, I really wanted there to be some more like interesting stuff. Uh, the character of Ruby Jenna Malone is based on Alejandro Jodorowsky. So remember how there were two Drive Ooh. and uh, Only God forgives Ruby? Jenna Malone's character, yeah. Ruby, that was her name. Yeah, right? that's, yeah. I'm yeah. just like surprised. she was, which is weird. Was based on Alejandro. Yeah, Jordanski. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's really I don't really get that at all. But well, he actually has a. I mean, Rifen is like really good friends with Jordanski. So, well, yeah, he has two movies like dedicated to him. Yeah. Um. So just thought that was kind of weird. Like again, like Jodorowsky <laughs> fucking references. Uh, speaking of other references and also referencing last season, uh, there are various references to the work of Stanley Kubrick. Uh, oh, yeah. One of the mentions of the lipstick shade Red Rum. It's pretty obvious. Keanu Reeves' character compares the girl in 214 to Lolita. Real Lolita shit. Real Lolita shit. <laughs> and, uh, and several pivotal scenes occur in and around bathrooms. Kubrick's trademark. Again, that comes up, and I'm like trying to think. Shining is a has has a full metal jacket. Full metal jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's see. Uh, Cliff Martinez, the um, the the guy composer. who composed score, it, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. did score. He was um, he he. Cliff said that he was taught to keep music in the background, and then Rifen like pushed him to put it in the forefront for this film. Like he really wanted music as the um, 
central, like a huge plot element for, for the Neon Demon, mm-hmm. which yeah. is really obvious. It really is in this one. I feel like a lot of the scores that he does for movies are, they're almost like a character in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's only done like film scores too, because I was looking that up last night. I was like, I'd really like to listen to this guy's like... Actual just music. Yeah, just like solo stuff. Um, but yeah, he's only done like soundtracks. Um, let's see here. Oh yeah, the film was originally titled I Walk With The Dead, which is a yeah, fucking right. cool name. Uh, and it was said to have Carrie Mulligan as the lead. Which is weird, because she's like 30, right? Carrie Mulligan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is yeah she's of... like 30. But like, it's pretty important for the character to be like... Yeah. 19. So she's it must have been just like a different thing. Like, yeah. It must have been a different thing. thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Because like he brought... Um, since it's a female-focused film, uh, Ruffin wanted a, a... He wanted help on the screenplay, so he got um, Polly Stenham... I hope I pronounced that right. And she's like, I don't know, I think she's just um, a playwright or something and won the female perspective. And he's like, since I'm a guy, I don't know how girls like talk to each other and stuff. So got her to do it. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some interesting trivia too that uh, Abby Lee, um, who's a model, who's the girl. Um, Which one is that? One of the, mo- the Australian one. She basically served as like an unofficial oh, advisor yeah. on the film, like almost like because, a consultant, like on how the models move and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because like she's an actual model; she has been for a long time, mm-hmm. and so she was like able to, uh, like advise and be like, "No, this isn't how that would be. It would look like this, and this is how they would mm-hmm. react and stuff like that." Um, and so that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Yeah, she also taught Elle Fanning how to do the, a proper catwalk. Because apparently she didn't know how to do that. Um, <laughs> all women should know how to do a proper catwalk. Hey, I used to practice when I was like 12 years old. I, I watched American That's exactly why I wanted you on this episode, babe. Because <laughs> like, it's just a bunch of guys talking about this fucking like, very <laughs> like <laughs> feminine movie. Like, it's, it's just dumb. Um, chime in like at any point, please, babe. Um, save us like blustering men. Cinematographer is also Natasha... Right yeah, it's the first time you worked yeah. with her, uh, female cinematographer. Um, but that was interesting too. Uh, yeah, this is I was looking for this one since like the beginning. So in an interview, Rifen was told the film felt in a way alien and foreign. To which he responded that the the idea of the film was it would eventually become a science fiction movie, and that's definitely I feel like where it goes in like the final like thirty minutes or so. Is like very a horror film, really, but yeah, um, yeah. So I guess that wraps up uh, tri- well, what, trivia. What about the fact that it was inspired by his wife? Was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Liv, right? Yeah. 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 Well, it's not like a secret because it says for oh. Liv, but it was actually. I didn't know who Liv was, but Liv is his wife, and mm. he said he was like looking at her one day and he was thinking about how. Um, it must be nice to be so naturally beautiful. That's right. Oh and shit, so babe! I'm yeah. I don't want to step on what you're saying, Finch. No, or is that it? That's it, yeah. That's okay, it. well, yeah, like the so yeah, he made it for his wife, and then oddly enough, or maybe interestingly enough, like this was like the only movie of his that she liked. Like she hasn't liked any of his movies really, but like yeah. she liked this one, which I thought was interesting because <laughs> really like watching it again, there are yeah. so many scenes that it's like, like like his wife must have been like, hmm, a lot of. Uh, you know, uh, like feet shots of like L fanning in this scene, and just like a lot of like very well. That's, gratuitous, that's the like... interesting thing about <laughs> is that Rifen said like he always wanted to. He's a weird guy, and he said that he always 
like a part of him, like inside him, he felt like he wanted to experience what a a young, beautiful girl's life was. Like that's like like El Fanning is like him, like emoting himself, like wanting to mm-hmm. go into that headspace sort of thing. It's really interesting, like because like I like in doing this season of the podcast, I feel like I've like learned a lot about like the stuff that he creates and like the inspiration for it. Because like even only God forgives, it was like. Um, basically due to his, his wife was like having another kid and he felt like powerless and he wasn't like a ta- he felt like detached from that whole like process. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was going through like an existential crisis. Right. He wanted to like fight God. Yeah. And it's like, that's all stuff that is really interesting, but it's like just watching the movie, you wouldn't have that context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's like a story like that, that kind of explains a little bit of the crazier shit in this movie. Well, kind of like, like only that's, got that's art, though. I mean, like, you look at um, Van Gogh's paintings and you... People investigate his life and see how, like, well, how did he get to this, like, level and how did he, you know, start painting this this way? And right. why is he painting these this certain style people? now. And, yeah, and yeah, these scenes, like, like, what is like what is the context? And it's like... To me, it's like just because the film itself doesn't explain it to you, it's like you can still find out more about it if you just do a little research. And like it doesn't, to me, it doesn't disqualify anything, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, like what I love about movies like The Neon Demon and just kind of like art house in general is kind of like being able to have these conversations like we have right now where. It's like, I don't know what the fuck I just watched. What do you guys think? And, it's, and you have, like, this engaging conversation mm-hmm. with friends, and you and try to piece it together, and you do your own research, and try to find out. While things like, I mean, taking a cheap shot, like Transformers, you go in there, and you watch it, and, and it's like, oh, you know, I got everything I needed from that. And you don't think twice after you, don't you think watch twice. it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I, and I kind of I have, like, a, like, an itch to get a Bud Light now. For some reason, <laughs> there's a lot of Bud Light in that movie. And God, I want a Bud Light. <laughs> but that's what you walk out of Transformers thinking, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, what what do you guys think of the the title? Um, I want to just put this out there: the title, the Neon Demon. What do you what do you interpret that to be? That's a tough one. I was still trying to. I'm still struggling with that. Even like coming up. Well, to who the is the Neon here. Demon? That's probably a little bit easier than. I mean, the Neon Demon. I mean, watching. I don't know if watching it with a commentary counts. He doesn't really. Has anyone seen it with the commentary? I haven't, no. He actually still doesn't reveal a whole lot of... Like, if anything, that commentary is just a little bit more... Like, it's it's just kind of just trivia about the movie and how stuff was seen, which is still fascinating and stuff, but he doesn't mm-hmm. really go into... He says that, too. He doesn't really want to go into the to the details of what these, really these a, movie means. Anti-Aeronauts. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, explain everything. The Neon Demon... Uh, to me, the person who is the Neon Demon is, like, it's a... It's a consciousness, or it's like it's something inside of El Fanning that awakens, in my opinion. Yeah. Only just based off of the what we have, basically off the imagery that's showing um, her actions and her behavior before that scene. You know that you know which scene I'm talking about the the big the the, the runway the runway yeah the, the runway scene, scene with yeah the, uh, that's the best scene in the movie I think. that little triangle that looks like the Triforce it's kind of upside down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I interpret the Neon Demon as like some sort of like uh, some sort of presence inside of El Fanning that's awakened. Uh, once she figures out, or once she basically accepts the fact that she is really she made a deal with the yeah, devil, exactly. basically, then, yeah. You know, because even the even during that scene when the when she's 
the lighting is blue at one point, and then the lighting instantly changed to red. In- I'm so red glad you brought end. that up. Yeah, because blue it, throughout the film is um, a symbol of of innocence, mm-hmm. and then red is like the um, uh, what is it like um, the loss of innocence. Yes, yeah. and then purple was the mixture, which is the seductive. Mm-hmm. Part so you have like the bathroom scene, like you had the party scene with the blue innocence, like showing Elle Fanning's innocence, right? And then she's being seduced in the bathroom with the purple lights, you know. And the same thing with like that runway scene, where yeah, it just like goes full on from red, blue and yeah. then full on red, and then yeah. she's like acting different. She's like licking the mirror and stuff like that. She's obviously really different. So like, yeah, the neon demon is literally a personal demon mm. in uh, with a neon color inside of Elle Fanning. <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you, yeah, what do you what think? Yeah, I just, I took it as the, the neon demon was like narcissism and vanity. And mm-hmm. I guess all those yeah. bad yeah. qualities that she took on um, after yeah. that runway show. Yeah, because like when she walks out of the, <clears throat> like the, the immediate scene after when she like opens the blinds or whatever the fuck they are yeah. and like walks through, it's like, oh, this is a different person. Like who was it? Was it yeah, Ellen that said she like looks like a prostitute? Different. Yeah, 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 like she's like she's like she looks like ten years older, and she's mm-hmm. like, and her makeup is like sufficiently shittier. Really, mm. see that's yeah. something I never would have picked up on. Because <laughs> well, like, before it was always very natural, like yeah. makeup. Unless they did oh. her makeup for a photo shoot, she really wasn't wearing much. And then afterwards, she had like the bold colored eyeshadow, like the typical like overdone makeup that you associate with like people who are vain. yeah yeah see we, I, I keep thinking about like the fact that it's not just it's the neon demon specifically like neon and what do we what do we associate neon with it's like nighttime right that's when mm-hmm. we see it um so i i thought it was kind of like it's pretty in the dark because that's the only time like neon is really useful Mm-hmm. Well, like it's really, beautiful it's really, yeah it's a beautiful it's, thing in the darkness you know mm-hmm. so that's what i thought was um the point of using neon mm-hmm. because it's obviously like like beauty and the darker aspects associated to it in this film right yeah i mean i think this movie definitely has like a lot on its mind as far as um kind of being commentary on like Hollywood on you know modeling like that whole thing um and I don't know if it really like like has like a very like poignant like I don't know like uh thesis statement I don't know if it really like sticks the landing but I think that it definitely does and I think like one of the biggest like um voices of that kind of like commentary is the uh um uh, the guy with the mustache, the, what do you call this, like, profession, like the... Uh, the head of the fashion people. Man. Fashion guy. Fashion yeah. man. Fashion, fashion man. man. Yeah, like, fashion man has, like, some of, fashion like, the man. the best, like, lines of dialogue in the one. movie. Like, yeah. man, like, like beauty beauty isn't everything. Beauty is it's the everything. only thing. The, the only, only thing, thing. Yeah. yeah. and, like, the line before that, I forget the line before that, but that one's really great, too. No, he, 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 he um... Elle Fanning is dating this very shallow, you know, character man, whoever he is. And they bump into Fashion Man and two other women at a restaurant. And Fashion Man says, like, you can't fake beauty. You know, you can't, you can't fake it. And one of the... Oh, that's right. One of the, when the woman there, she, she's like, throughout the whole film, like, it's developed that, it's conveyed that she is 
all plastic surgery. Yeah. Like everything about her is just and she plastic. Braces it too. Like yeah. her character is like, you know, I got this done. Yeah, I exactly, got this yeah. done. Like she's like running through it. And he's yeah. like, he tells tells the the boyfriend man, um, what do you think of her? And he says, oh, she, she's fine. And he's like, that's that's it. Like exactly. she, she's just <laughs> fine. When you look at uh, Jesse, she's like, you can't you can't fake Jesse's beauty. You know. So like. Mm. That guy, like that fashion man's interpretation of beauty, is so interesting to um, to see. You know, yeah, he's like the most he he's like the the villain in the movie almost. Like at least his like ideology, his like perspective of like this whole scene, this like like models and everything. Um, he's he's kind of just like the he represents. I think like, he's the like. Most. I think he's like a gatekeeper sort of thing. Like he's the um, generalized, uh, generalized uh, masculinity, masculinity in the sense that he provides woman to she, they provide power to he provides power to woman, mm-hmm. and it's based off his observation of their beauty. Right. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like woman can can only gain power through a man. And I think that's what was the, the commentary behind that, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like this, this is an incredibly feminist movie, you know, like, um, masculine culture and, uh, femininity, you know, that every... feminist in the sense that it's pointing out these things. Yeah, not that it's absolutely doing yeah. anything. Not that it's yeah. like, like using <laughs> that, like, like going back to Michael Bay, like using like how Michael Bay embraces, like, uh, like female characters is like it's like he, he is uh, yeah like he's like the he's the, the problem. Gatekeeper. I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean like it's a horror film like to me it's not supposed to raise raise woman to see to to show where they're supposed to be ideally it's supposed to show like where they are now yeah. mm-hmm. you know and that's why I believe it's a feminist movie in that sense. Mm. But, because, uh, like, everything everything was just, like, it was all just men, men as gatekeepers in that movie. And then all the women would have, they fight amongst themselves in the jungle of the fashion industry. Right. Um, to, because they're, they're competing constantly, fighting among, amongst each other, and end up fucking eating their competition at the end, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, the men are, like, conspiring to, like... And, know, and that's that's interesting because that, that makes yeah. me think about uh, kind of the role of Keanu Reeves in this movie, mm-hmm. which is like the like ultimate like fucking sleazy, like manipulative kind of like. Yeah, I was trying to figure out the point of him being in the movie, like what he was there for. That was like because I got mm-hmm. the three chicks that were supposed to each represent some different kind of like. Um, Ruby was the. Um, like the artistic, like she had like inner beauty. She was like a nice person, um, at least until the mm-hmm. end. Um, and then the other one <laughs> represented plastic surgery or like manufactured beauty. And then the other, I couldn't figure out what like the other long haired, longer haired model represented that killed her because they all came together to kill her at the end or whatever. Anyway, yeah. the Australian then, one, right? Yeah, the Australian one. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what she represented because I she feel was like, a fading beauty because she's all. I think I believe that she was all always natural to begin yeah. with, and then 
she was losing it. She was older, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. it was clear that each character served a purpose as far as what they represented, but I couldn't figure out like what was Keanu there was for. the uh he was like the the keeper. Like he locked all those girls up in that the hotel and would sell them off, like with the Lolita stuff. Like he says, check out room two fourteen, real Lolita shit, you know, like oh, okay. He was like a jailer almost sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. An abuser, pretty much. Mm-hmm. No, not too much to go into with that, but yeah. Um, and then the um, the boyfriend, I guess, to me represented like the supposedly well-meaning boy boyfriend or love interest, but deep under under all that, there's still he kind sleaze. of there. See, so this is why I don't think this movie is one of his better ones, is because there's a lot of things where. Well, let me let me stop okay. you right there. Like um, that guy, he was a, like Rifen wanted to write him so like shallow and just like no depth at all because he wanted to show um, how women are usually portrayed in mainstream movies as just kind of like this uh, ditzy kind of like oh I'm just here to support like the main character mm-hmm. who's a guy while he's like now it's reversed he's a guy who is just supporting her who's the main character and that's the whole point of them okay well yeah i mean that's that's an interesting perspective for sure it's just like it's just like he kind of just like stops being what like what happens to his character again like why is she she just like this is is oh that's right okay so i guess that serves a purpose because it's like that's after she becomes the neon demon the neon demon Mm -hmm. basically and she's like so go and then he's yeah. just like, well, fuck I just thought it was then. interesting how he, it was like, oh, look, he, he's being nice to her and, and he doesn't want her to get involved in this. But at the same time, he's like dating an underage girl. Like he is a predator yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a really fair take. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, he tries to kiss her after he knows that she's just turned 16. Yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> and he also tried to pass himself off as a nice guy when they're on the car, you know, like, yeah, it's like when she says that she's 16, he's like, well, I gotta go and. Then he goes for a kiss and like, yeah, right. yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. At least like Keanu Reeves' character kind of knows he's sleazy. He kind of embraces it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And so yeah, so I just thought I thought Reeves' character was was a really cool, like, you know, almost not, not foil, but like almost opposite to the boyfriend Dean's character because mm. he's like you know mm. such an asshole, is you know masculine as fuck. Yeah, least, like, and and life. I was also saying like earlier, like I've like just on like a broader perspective like i've never seen keanu reeves play that type of character before right, right. like i've never seen him be like a fucking ass like a like a villain almost and yeah. this he's like he's absolutely like a terrible like a terrible human being terrible human being is it implied like i'm still i've watched the movie now like maybe three times is it implied that like the person like that's assaulting the girl in the other room like during that probably one scene? Keanu reeves. is it is yeah. it it's implied that's keanu reeves yeah. right because yeah. the dream where he comes in with the knife. With the knife, yeah. yeah that seems penis, you know. Yeah. But also, like, but also before that too. I guess because right before she falls asleep, like he looks like he's gonna smoke a cigarette, and he stops and he walks off camera. Like he looks at something. Yeah. And he kind of walks off camera, and then there's never you don't go back to him after that, other than that dream sequence. Mm. But I just like I don't know. I just thought if you guys thought the same thing, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely implied that that's that that's him. Mm-hmm. So uh, we could let's do some uh, signature moves. Um, sorry, Amy. Yeah, y'all need to get some. We'll we'll just we'll we'll, we'll breeze we'll, we'll breeze right through it through this one because there's okay. a lot of obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the symmetry. I mean, like that's just that he 
I mean, you're. I, I had a brain fart and just like thought this was Kubrick for a second. And like, <laughs> fuck, yeah, fuck me. No, just a bunch of um, bunch of reds and blues and those monochromatic scenes. Like that's a super sick move of his. Yeah, this this movie's like Rifen Rifen's like signature moves. Fucking like portfolio, dude. Like he's fucking like like <laughs> fucking knocking him like knocking down all of the all the check boxes moves. of his yeah, like, yeah. checking them all off the yeah. list, dude. Yeah. Like you got Cliff Martinez, you got the fucking crazy neon colors, mm-hmm. uh, the the highbrow lowbrow mix of violence, body horror, yeah, a little bit of body horror, it's yeah, body well, horror. good yeah. amount of body horror in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm burning through them too quick, but, like, no, this movie, like, has them, like, all on display, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just wonderfully shot um, scenes, like, it's yeah. such, like, if there's anything you, you have to give this movie, and even critics who didn't like it, they say, like, well, it's it's a beautiful movie, at least. Mm-hmm. Right, at least. That's, I think, how the Rotten Tomatoes, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, synopsis. Yeah. Uh, Rifen directs another gorgeous uh, addition to his filmography, but... And then it goes into, yeah. like, the, I don't get it stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's a really, like, gorgeous movie. And the, the scene, like we talked about, like, the runway scene is, like... This came out in 2015, right? 16. Last year, really? Hmm. Um, the... When I saw this movie, I didn't really care for it very much. I don't know if my opinion has changed like drastically, but um, this that scene, the runway scene, was you like heard my it favorite. Here, folks, Brent is not a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> I hate women. Yeah, I hate women. I'm here to vouch for that. He does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like that runway scene was my favorite scene in any movie of that year. Like I just love how it shot. The music is incredible. A lot of it's it's just like a such a good combination of what music and visuals can like do absolutely when they're edited together right and it's 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 really it's none of it's like literal really i guess like like imagine going to that fucking like art show like that like runway scene and just being there in like the pitch black and being like boy this is really weird she's in a triangle and she's like licking the, yeah, the mirror yeah. and, like like it's it's all just Kissing like metaphorical but yeah. like yeah um it's still like so well done and you get what's happening like at the conclusion of it mm-hmm. so i don't know do you, do you have yeah, any signature moves? moves i know we burned through a lot of them but um i don't think i'm that familiar with Reppin to actually call out some of his signature moves i know that he does a lot of like from the movies that i've seen he likes to use dialogue minimally which is pretty cool in my opinion because I'm all mm-hmm. for like you know visual storytelling and that's basically what this whole movie is about. It's told with the it's told through the eyes of basically every single okay. character that's on the screen. Like there's um you know thousand thousand yard stairs and shit like that and so I think that's uh, that to me is like a signature move from at least from watching Drive because there's a lot, a lot of those little hypnotic scenes where you know there's some music in the background but it's just like you know the person's smiling at the camera and the camera kind of lingers on. It feels like the camera's lingering on for a little too long, but just enough, like, just so you can get the point. Mm-hmm. And so, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. There's, like, the scene... I think, like, one of the best scenes in the movie is where they're, like, practicing their walks or whatever, just because oh, yeah, that seems yeah. so tense. Because, like, just through body language, you kind of get what's happening. Like, there's, like, the guy who's, like, not even paying attention. He's, like, fucking around with his shirt. Yeah, and then uh, Abby Lee's character... The Australian one is, like, mm-hmm. doing her walk. And he just, like, doesn't even care. And then he, like, looks down. 
And then when he like looks up and sees like Jesse, like that that scene's so it's like he saw a fucking there's God no or there's no yeah. yeah there's like no dialogue at all like you don't need to he, like he doesn't have to be like like that was bad to like get what's happening like you just see it and mm. that's definitely like a signature move yeah exactly. for sure. Um, what was your uh, favorite scene? My Amy? favorite scene was probably the photo shoot where it was all white. Like Oh, that's actually around. one of my yeah. favorite yeah. scenes, too. That seems really good. I thought that yeah. one was really cool. It's like intensely white. And then when he's, scene. like, putting the gold on her, that was really crazy. Yeah, with the uh, the pan shot mm-hmm. and the, the white. I, like, I love that scene so much. Like, the mm-hmm. rhythmic... Um, clicking of the shutter on yeah. the camera cool. and just how sterilized it looked you mm-hmm. know oh and it's so it's really subversive too mm. a lot of this movie is really subversive because yeah um even from the opening shot of the movie like like babe when you started the movie and you saw her dead with blood everywhere on the couch mm-hmm. like what did you think like was was happening I thought she was t- doing a photo shoot. Oh, well, shit. trick me. Well, yeah, because okay. you heard the <laughs> flashes. I know she's not going to stop. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, you heard the it. shutter speed. The okay. shutters go off. Damn, that really turned around. I was incredibly inferred. I should have gone along yeah. with what you were doing. No, I, was like, I had no clue. I was like, no, she's dead. She don't patronize <laughs> me. Don't patronize me. No, the uh, but the scene that you just mentioned, I know that one did because like you and I think El, I think that was one oh, of the gold. Yeah, the gold one. I thought that he yeah because that one really played it's like it's like everybody leave take off your clothes because he's a true he's like a true artist like he's just she is a canvas that he he does his work on you know yeah like he Mm -hmm. doesn't give it he's he doesn't seem like a sexual being he was Mm -hmm. just like i I want to yeah make art here you know yeah but that scene especially like how he was like it was like it was like a brush stroke when he was doing that uh, he does it twice he's like yeah yeah just like Mm -hmm. It's pretty funny. Glad Quinn is getting work. Did anybody watch Dexter? He needs to find those heroin habits because that's what he looks like. And that's yeah, god damn, dude. I yeah, thought that yeah, scene was so like skinny. almost a little hilarious to me, though, because I have yet to meet... Actually, I don't know any artists or... I thought like that's just like you know the made up version of an artist in your head where you're, like, right. you know, they're all super because like, they get inspired and then what the fuck happens? Like, you know, you just like out of nowhere, they're just like, all right, cool, let me... Like paint you gold and shit. Let me like, use well, your body like exactly. I mean, no, I like, can see that being are, a real kind of yeah. artist in LA. Oh yeah, definitely. in LA for sure. For sure. And yeah. just, like, to me, that's just the most pretentious, like douchey portrait of an artist. <laughs> ever. Like I have yet yeah. to see, like, because art is like you know basically work, or at least in my opinion, it's work. Uh, so to get someone who's just like literally it clicks on for them is just really is really funny. And I mean, you can, me. I mean, there's so many eccentrics like. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I do not put it past someone acting just like him. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know why it reminded me of this, but like, <laughs> this is such a random connection. But did you watch that like Jim Carrey like art? Uh, you know, I was short the same thing. Yeah. yeah, like it's like it's he's so. I don't know. I, I don't want to say like he's pretentious eccentric. in that, but yeah, he's very eccentric in it. Like mm-hmm. the way and like his art's fucking incredible. Like mm-hmm. I was like blown away at how good it was. But like he just like goes into these like modes where he's just like so in the zone that like i don't know well when you're so far the thing is like when you're so far removed from regular society i mean you talk about like hollywood hollywood uh societies those circles yeah like you don't interact with just normal everyday people so that's why you're always perceived as pretentious because that's their mode like they're always like in that realm of experience so in a relative sense we we deem them as pretentious rather Mm -hmm. than um, because like to them it's incredibly genuine, 
And oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's that, an echo chamber. Yeah, like, echo that's chamber. like what they're surrounded by. So that's what they. That's how they. That's why I don't know. I just have a big problem with the word pretentious. <laughs> like it's it's a it's like a it's like when someone calls someone a fascist. It's like it doesn't have any meaning anymore because everyone uses it all the time, like to completely dismiss somebody. And the word fascism is, it's like. It's just for someone who does bad things now. It's not actually like authoritarian re- regimes. While with like the the use of pretentiousness, it's like, oh, you're just you just seem better than me, as opposed to it's very specific meaning, like one who exudes um, more. They are more cultured or more smarter than they really are. Right. That specificness, you know. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like it's just become like this. It's a throwaway word. Like, I don't want to listen to your art because, or I don't want to see your art because it's pretentious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, speaking of fascism, what, uh, <laughs> because you noticed something last night that I was like, oh, oh yeah. That's stretching. That's so weird. Yeah. And then they showed, no, like, I, I prefaced it. Like, I prefaced huh. it. I was like, I know this, this might be stretching. I don't know. But there's fucking swastikas, like, and the fucking wall on, uh, the last, the last scene. Mm-hmm. Where she, you know the the chick who wants who kills herself, yeah. mm-hmm. you know the wallpaper. Those are swastikas. Like, yeah, those are pretty much swastikas. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah they're fucking that. swastikas. To, to the point, like, there's no way they're to not. the point where like it, like somebody had to have pointed it out and said like, hmm, hey Nick, those those really look like swastikas. Like he had to be aware of it. Like that's how yeah. much they look like them. Um, but I don't know how that relates. I'm just throwing this out there. Could it be that they were all blonde hair, blue eyed white chicks? Ooh. Arians. Oh, shit. Well, her eyes are like super fucking blue. Amy just fucking busted this. You're always like cracking the fucking case every time. Yeah. That's great because Nazism is a great subtext to this movie, actually. Yeah. Because beauty. Like, yeah. Because, like, eugenics, like, trying to get the. Because. Actually, that, that ties really well with what um, Bryphon quoted saying. He said, beauty is the next class warfare. Is the ne- next class war. Nazism. Oh, oh fuck, man. Cool. man. Yeah, damn, that is cool. That wide open. You're welcome. It's definitely, it has to be definitely Tosticas then. Mm-hmm. Like, there's yeah, no, there's no doubt. Because, yeah, like, she looks so alien mm. and... Just like insane at the end, like Abby Lee's character, like her eyes are like bluer than any eyes like you've ever oh, seen. Yeah, yeah. Like that had to be like what they were like trying definitely to intended, yeah. yeah, like infer. Wow, for sure. that is cool. That's, That's definitely really the cool. ideal beauty in the modeling industry. Mm. But even though they're starting like now to try to spread it out, spread and get it some out. of them but chubby chicks. It's in. more of like I don't know <laughs> that it's necessarily that they're changing it up because they're really that's there's a new standard of beauty. I think it's because they're like, oh, well, we're going to get someone who's unique and uh, different looking. So then ah, they throw in a little... Shit. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Where they're like, this is what's popular, so that's what we're going to push is the suave. Like, girls, like, tell, like, tell me, like, I'm such a liberal that I'm going to date this person that I don't find attractive, but just because it's, you know, politically correct. Yeah, exactly. Like, like no one's going to do that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, and then like a line that the guy says too, like, like if, if she, her, yeah, yeah, like you, if if she wasn't gorgeous, you wouldn't have, you, seen, wouldn't, you wouldn't have, yeah, you mm. wouldn't have even looked, mm. and it's like, ugh. <laughs> boy, because it's true, That's yeah, it's true. true. Like yeah, no one would have stopped to help her if she was, uh, she was uglier, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. so let's get into the, the weird, the weird 
section of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Why do I always forget that this like <laughs> segment exists? Until like you just you want to fucking that. forget about it. I, I do because it always goes so like poorly, mm-hmm. and like I I really am gonna need some help from from everyone here on like what, okay well yeah this section is uh, we try to take the movie that we watched and mm-hmm. we try to say what the other director would have done. So since we watched Neon Demon by Rifen, mm-hmm. how would Richard Linklater? Do oh, I this know exactly movie. how. Okay, so yeah, I want to no, I'm just, like, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. I have no oh, okay. idea. Well, think about think quit. about what you've seen. <laughs> think about what you've seen. You've seen School of Rock, right? Uh-huh. You've seen Boyhood. You've seen yeah. You've seen Boyhood. You've seen Boyhood. And what else? Days and Confused. Have you seen that? No. Well, think. I've of, never I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let you ruminate on those two movies that you did see. You're gonna do this. I kind of already let John do. Okay, fine. I was like, I kind of see. <laughs> Linklater. This is no, a very cooperative. Like, this is we a co-op, build something yeah. amazing together. Okay, yes, cool. So um, Linklater is no uh, no stranger to the weird. If anyone's seen Waking, Waking Life or a Scanner Darkly, it's very true. So like, I feel like he could um, obviously be shot very very differently. Um, I fucking I, for some reason because I, I brought up those two movies, I kind of feel like he would rotoscope the fuck out of like some <laughs> segments. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much Ooh. all I got right now. Like, I feel like he probably would rotoscope okay. some stuff. He'd probably throw in some. Uh, it wouldn't be so heavy on the. I think he'd probably throw in a little bit more diverse. Like, uh, maybe change the subject matter a little bit different. Like, you know, he'd handle the subject matter a little differently. I don't think it'd be as cynical. Wait, but fuck, you know? Because I was like, I'm just remembering a scanner darkly, and that movie goes pretty dark. Like, so. Well, let's yeah, just say that it takes place in Austin, Texas. That's like our that's our like it. easy fucking easy way. way. I'm trying to I'm trying to think about like the details. Like I'm trying like to like I mean I think you still do commentary on beauty and still have the modeling stuff. Yeah, for sure. Just, there'd be more plot and more dialogue. There you go. Yeah, was like, that's the that's yeah that's the ticket. So less theme. It, it'd be in else. L.A. I think still it'd be modern day. It'd be. Um, this girl who's coming from where's she from like Montana or whatever she says like yeah, this guy's so like big that, or whatever um, she comes like meets this guy and it's just like it's like you know her like kind of like meeting all of these like different models and okay okay I don't think I don't think she becomes you'd have to change the title I oh, guess yeah, but I don't think that she becomes the neon demon I think that her role in Richard Linklater's version of this type of movie is that she stays like the pure girl from uh, like some small town in like central, like the middle of America, yeah, Midwest? Yeah. yeah, like Midwest, and that like she she's not like turned into one of these like girls who like eat each other. Mm-hmm. Basically, I, I think, think that's and it'd be inherently more optimistic than this movie. I'm gonna go. That. I'm gonna go the boyhood route here instead and start with her as a kid. And how girls are treated, and how she's she's differently um, treated because of she's obviously pretty mm-hmm. as a little girl, and that mm-hmm. kind of like builds on her and how she responds to the world. And then like her, there was alluded to that she wasn't very good at anything. She's not very good at writing or oh, you yeah, know all that stuff. Right. So to kind of explore like that high school thing, and then you would move on to her actually moving to LA. And go through the whole experience of like success and all that stuff, and talking to a lot of people, and, like oh, fun stuff. That's, you know? Yeah, and then it would go on to her later stages where 
it's she's still famous, but it's not. There's like fresh crop of ladies coming up, you know. And then after, and then you'll have like late stage stuff where it's like she's failed and she doesn't know what to do anymore, you know. Kind of. I think I think Linklater would just kind of explore the whole lifetime that, of model. Yeah, that's really you know good. I mean? pretty cool. That's really yeah. interesting. And then like and then at the end. Uh, yeah, like she finds like happiness somewhere, whether it's like settling down and like having a family. Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah. And she's like realize that beauty is not everything. That's a she like you runs, keep, you know. She runs like a modeling agency, yeah. and she's like very like pure of heart about it. And she's like not, she's not one of these like cogs in the machine. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, I see that happening. Yeah, really cool. but man, I think that we made like we got anything yeah. like that's. Want to add some stuff? And on she that, she's a teacher. She, and she's a teacher, <laughs> and she starts a band <laughs> with okay. a bunch of kids. Hell yeah! Uh, yeah, that, I think that's a pretty good uh, rendition. It's, it, it's not it's not that silly, actually. I would be interested in watching. No, that, that would be honestly. that'd be really interesting. That yeah. sounds really cool to have like a whole lifetime of like what it is to be a model and be in the fashion industry. Yeah, different phases. Yeah, different yeah. phases. Instead like, of having instead of having like character archetypes like the way this one does. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well if you think about I don't know, and maybe I'm going on like a tangent here, but like a lot of like careers are this kind of linear curve upwards mm. and modeling and actually a lot of careers I guess that involve Hollywood too are like almost this like triangle like shape where it's like very mm-hmm. steep up, you hit a peak, and then you and just you like yeah. immediately like crash back down like a few years later. Mm. So I don't know. It just yeah, it would be cool to see that like played out over like a long absolutely timeline. Yeah. So you said the segment usually does poor. It goes doesn't uh, go this well. Like, oh, no. Uh, no, no. Like this is this like is I feel like we nailed it. Yeah. Like okay. so far, I think it would yeah. be interesting to see a movie that explores or like better explains um, how your view on beauty changes as you grow up mm-hmm. when the rules of what beauty is always work to your advantage mm-hmm. um, this obviously is shows only a shorter timeline of that but a bigger timeline would be cool yeah absolutely yeah just like just like boy like when all the barbies look like you and mm-hmm. all that stuff and just to see like how she was just treated with you know by uh by other people and, mm-hmm. and how she just approaches like you know this talent like writing and stuff now like she failed at it and singing and all that stuff would be pretty cool to watch but um so yeah i guess that uh that wraps up wraps up the <laughs> link later one yeah funny solid so uh next one ne- next up is a historical context and this is really hard to do since it was made incredibly recently, recently yeah. 2016 <laughs> um yeah but uh, I guess Brendan and I can just comment a little bit. I mean, we'll just give a little bit of our experience when we when we saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in a theater over at Regal Cinemas, right? Was that the one? The, the yeah. very crappy one. For some reason, Cielo Vista, eighteen. <laughs> For some real reason, rough. That one, on, boy. Oh, shit. Why? Why did Regal have this? No other movie. No other theater chain. No. Had yeah, this there was theater. like there was like maybe the draft house. Draft house. Yeah, draft house. Like Westlake's probably Bijou. I think. And yeah, then, like, go. that Regal Theater. I, was, I hate that theater so Yeah, it's awful. And there was, like, these these fellows in there that... Oh, God, That's, yeah, like, what Jesus. are you... Why are you... It's, like, how old were they, do you think? I mean, around our age, I'd say. I don't think they're much younger or older. I don't know they why they out. would... They need a No, they were just yelling, because they are like, oh, this is fucking crazy. 
Yeah, um, they're just being loud as shit. And, like, this is... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a type of movie that, like, you can't go to, like, Silverado or fucking Regal to see because you're going to get these fucking plebes. And yeah, fuck, fuck the... <laughs> Kino is where it's at. Only Kino. Um. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I walked out of this movie uh, not really being a fan of it. And I guess it's slowly getting better each time I see it. I mean, I feel like the discussion here we had today like really cracked it. Thanks to Amy, actually. Yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah, yeah. like really uh, put things together. I do have a purpose here. Yeah, see? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess it's like that female perspective that Rifen was looking for. So now we have our female perspective. (laughs) Hell yeah. That we were looking for. Just give give Amy a call anytime we want that female perspective on Mm -hmm. her. I'm the token because chick. because as uh, exactly, yeah. as males we are incapable of ever stepping outside of ourselves. We can only view things through masculinity. Thanks, women's studies, for clarifying that for me. <laughs> that I can't. You ever... took women's studies in college? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Just I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying that, like, like in my studies of women, in my, in in just in my your studies, studies of women. Of women you no, it's just that it. it's very postmodernist thinking. Is is, okay. is gender studies? That's all. But I'm not going to get into that because then we'll have a whole. That's another, <laughs> that's a, another fucking. Can that's our next segment that we're adding. It's because I'm a guy and I can't. I won't. It's like I feel bad because like I can't comment on. I should and be able things, to, but I can't. Yeah. I can't comment on it. Then I'll get a lot of hate for it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I remember seeing this movie at theater, and I, I didn't know what I watched. But again, like I mentioned before, with only God forgives, like I knew I liked it. Like I, I didn't know why. And this is another movie that it's you have to, you have to digest slowly. Like you gotta really take it in and. Um, I there's a lot of movies that you can just like see and like I said before you can know immediately like if you if you loved it or hated mm-hmm, it but mm-hmm. this one is like you have to you really have to process it and I mean I've seen it three times and John you've seen it like, like I've seen it three ten. times actually, yeah. um, <laughs> but I think it, it it's after each viewing uh, I liked it more and more mm-hmm. like yeah. there was it never recessed for me while. There can be movies out there that you watch again and again. It's just like you, know, you can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is usually, which is usually just a blockbuster. Those movies kind of yeah, or a movie really that easy. just like stays on a very like on an even keel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll say this for Rife and like yeah, like each one of those movies that I they they do get better with mm-hmm. like each repeated viewing and like not a lot a lot of filmmakers kind of have that effect i think mm-hmm. um that it gets better each time and not you know you pick up new things but it kind of remains the same experience but like mm-hmm. they do i mean and especially only god forgives and learning a lot of the backstory behind it and just being in like a different place i guess mm-hmm. uh, mentally like um but yeah it's what better. i it's what i talked to uh talked to brent about was kind of like there's these two modes of experiencing cinema it's like you can have your own subjective experience, which is a totally legitimate mode to be in. Like you, like you pay money to watch a movie, and it's a uh, like you expect to enjoy it. Like I get that perspe- that mode. But then there's another mode, a kind of more objective sort of way, is kind of like looking at where the intention of the um, 
the filmmaker is like what what were they trying to accomplish and if they accomplished that correctly that's a that's a it's a legitimate critique to whether or not they did you know right like you can objectively talk about that mm-hmm. and uh both modes are are um legitimate it just depends on what you as a person want to go into you know mm-hmm. so i don't know i i just i've i've been I watched Mother recently, and it just really had a spark inside me about how audiences view movies, mm-hmm. and that's why it's like I've been, I became an extremist on these uh, these art house films because it's like no one no one seems to defend them when there's actual good qualities. If, if everyone just kind of was like, all right, you know, they're doing what they're doing, and that's fine, that's cool, but. Everyone's like, I fucking hate yeah. the Neon yeah. Demon. I fucking hate Mother. How insane are they marketed a movie towards, like, you know, like like this and shit like that? Like, for me, <laughs> that's just enjoy the it. effects like, of capitalism on mm. art. Like, that's, that's just, all it is. Yeah, it's really, really funny. Because it's just, yeah, because, like, those two movies, right now, it's those two movies that are kind of, like, have the polar opposite of each other, Mother and It. You yeah. Know, people, they're both horror movies. One of them, to me, is, like, actual true horror. The other one's very, you know, it's sugar-coated fluff. But like it, it's right. just very right. right. Which is yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm just kidding. It's just Love it's it. very odd because like you people aren't just like not saying anything about mother; they're bashing it. And, like they give it an F on Cinema Score and shit. And it's just it's yeah, it's weird. weird. I, I think, think one I think, day I'll yeah. get to see that movie. Today is not the day. Yeah. Apparently, it's not a good you movie to see when you're pregnant. Or, <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I know what yeah. you're talking about. No, I was just gonna say like I th- I think uh, the barrier to entry out of a lot of these movies that are like this is the subjectivity. Like they can't get past that. And even for me, it's like it's it's really hard sometimes because I'm like, it's like I don't want to appreciate what's good about this because I'm not into it. Like I'm not well, either entertained or that is totally cool, and I get that. It's just my main problem is that I understand why people watch Transformers. I understand. Like, I get it. Like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but... You like um, movies like it that are... Yeah, I like yeah. mindless movies. Like, Kingsman... We just watched Kingsman Gold Circle. Yeah, you like and, that Homecoming. Um, I like... Yeah. Those are things that just, like, I take it for what it is, and I, mm-hmm. and I still enjoy it. And for some reason, when you flip it... Uh, people will hate these art house films, you know, and not give it its proper due and how you're supposed to view these things. And that's my, it's like so asymmetric, you know, in it. Well, but on the flip side, do you think that it's, because it happens on the mindless movies too. People constantly give them shit for saying, for being like a mindless, big, dumb movie. Mm -hmm. So do you think that it's like... I don't think the, like, I think think it's it's okay to say... I think it's it's legitimate to say like it is a mindless movie, but if you say like I still enjoyed it and I got what they're going for, that's fine. Like you have to accept what they intended to do mm-hmm. and whether or not you actually enjoyed that. Um, it's kind of like you gotta meet you gotta meet in the middle. Well, and even with mindless movies, there's like a certain like barrier of like goodness that it should have because yeah. like 
yeah, it's mindless, but it should at least be minimally. There should be a, a little bit of that is objectively like there, there. You yeah, can't yeah. make a mindless movie that's like a bad mindless bad movie. movie. <laughs> mm, absolutely, which I would say is like you know the last four Transformers movie, where like as like the good mindless movies are like Marvel movies generally, mm. and like uh, any superhero movies really. Yeah, superhero yeah. movies are generally like good kind of. Just well, that's like, why I meant the mode. My my second mode. It's like what is the intention of the filmmaker yeah. and what yeah. and how effectively did they accomplish that intent now that's a legitimate criticism has there been an art house movie you've seen that wasn't done well as an art artsy movie oh man i mean i can't think of my worry art about spot. artsy movies is like at some point you have to be like well they didn't do it like something that well. was really There's abstract gotta, and you shit. can't always like write off like something you don't like about an artsy movie well, as being like oh well i guess i just didn't get it like they're well jordorowski is Man, I don't know if I can watch his movies. Like, I've watched Holy Mountain recently, and I watched El Topo once, and I know how there's, like, a... I know how much Rife and loves Jordiowski, but, like, I'm just kind of, you know, on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to... Yeah. You can appreciate, like, the... Like, the energy and the passion that it took to make those movies, but And it's people like are talking about how love. obvious fucking... How obvious uh, Mother was, while Holy Mountain actually has some really on the nose fucking symbolism. Like there is some yeah. fucking on the nose symbolism for sure. Um, but I have to get back to you. I think this is a great, great question um, on what art house films I didn't like. I'm sure there is. Like, there's no way. It's probably, yeah, there's, there's probably some, some Tyrion collection movies out there that are like. I don't want to use the word pretentious, but they may have missed the mark and stuff. I haven't <laughs> seen them, but like. Yeah. I mean, like, like Armageddon, which is in the Criterion. Or The Rock. The Rock yeah. and Armageddon are both in the Criterion. That's so collection. weird to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like... Uh, I want to add on to um, Amy's question here. Uh, art house movies that like that I don't connect to, it's it's probably like what you guys just talked about. It's probably maybe just because I didn't get it or I don't have the interest in it. Maybe the subject matter is probably it. Like, you know, it's just... I don't want to do enough... Yeah. I don't want to do enough research into it to know what the hell's going on because that just didn't connect with me. Um, yeah. I can always be appreciative of the filmmaking, though. That's what I love, like, basically about all these movies. Mm. Even Neon Demon. Neon Demon, I think I like it more from the filmmaking on the technical aspect than, than obviously, anything else in it, the thematic or oh, the yeah. stuff. Because that's, that. like, it's yeah. gorgeous, and, like, that's the stuff that, like, you know, that, that makes me really excited and stuff like that. Like, when you mm. see, like, a really cool camera shot or something that's, like, super, super hard to do, especially, like, those scenes where they were doing... Uh, like that little dance scene at the beginning. Those are after the party, but like you know, it's just like basically a strobe flashing the entire mm-hmm. time. Seems like that are pretty cool. Yeah. But like you know, like I'm yeah. not a real big you know, David Lynch. Fan, that that is and I'm um, known to hate his movies. So. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. That's see that what you said there is really interesting to me because because like your own personal um, way of viewing film and like for me per, for me what I do is like I always love trying to figure out like what all what everything means and like why did it why did the plot go this way like what is the meaning of this scene and all that like what's the con what's the con context mm-hmm. of it yeah so i guess like i i default to art house to be one of my favorite like genres because like I don't know what's going on, and I want to do all this, like, research to kind of try to figure out, like, 
what it is. And obviously, people like dismiss that viewpoint as being like pretentious. Right. So I have a problem with it. It's like I don't see what's wrong with trying to figure out like what the filmmaker was trying to do. You know, like, and that's like it's, I'm that crusade that I'm on. Like, you just kind of hate that shit. It's like, why? What's wrong? Even if it is vacuous, even if even if it is, it's like you can still find out things behind it mm-hmm. you know if you're if you're if you do enough uh, digging around and i think that's just inherently fun personally you know right and I, mm-hmm. I agree with that too and mm-hmm. i see like that but i also just think like if you're not into the subject matter from the first start you're not going to want to i'm not into fashion it's like that i i'm definitely more on your wavelength where it's like it's like yeah if i if i connect to something in this movie um, Whether it be gen- generally it is yeah. like a story or characters like just because mm-hmm. like generally that's what I connect with in movies then like I will do you know like I will kind of go further and like look into it but um, yeah like if I if I'm just like not into it that I won't care to like read up on what was happening or right, things exactly. like that yeah. generally I mean there are definitely exceptions but um, well if you just don't understand a movie you're just gonna like Toss it aside, I guess. Well, if I, like, didn't enjoy watching it, yeah. For sure. Like what? Do you have any? Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, the last movie I watched that I, like, really didn't enjoy. Mm. Probably something I wanted you to watch. Actually, I was going to bring that up. I was just mm-hmm. like, not the, not that, but I'm just like, the genre thing in general. Like, you know, yeah. you don't, like, if I didn't enjoy some sort of artsy romantic comedy, like... Or if it just didn't connect me at all, like I'm not gonna go out and see like, oh, what did this shot mean and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think yeah, that's that's a good point because I think generally when we're talking about this. We're talking about we're talking about like more art house movies, Genre, like yeah, people yeah, that are yeah. like movies that are trying to do a little bit more yeah, than the mm-hmm. artistic, like pure artistic vision sort of thing. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can't I can't really think of a a great example. Mm. Um, I mean. The closest example maybe would be like this movie after I saw it, mm-hmm. where I was like, I was like, eh, I don't know. That was like, that was fine. There were like mm-hmm. things I really liked about it, and I just, I it didn't work for me. Well, like the third, I act. think this is really great. We had this discussion because I feel like it's a great summation for this season. Really, is kind of the mm-hmm. approaches that we take um, towards viewing movies. Like for me, it's like. If you look at a lot of my top movies, they're all like puzzles, mm-hmm. like Primer yeah. and um, Reservoir Dogs and uh, yeah, Mulholland Drive on there. Mulholland Drive, like these are all puzzle movies for me, and that's just how I like to watch movies. I want to see, I want to put things together. You want to think, you know? I want to think, mm-hmm. yeah. and you want to be entertained though too. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like you know like Indiana Jones. but uh it's just like generally that's my mode like if if i am if i figure out the movie when the credits roll then it's not it's not going to be up there for me and that's just me like i'm not i i I can't say that's an objectively good way of doing like liking movies i can't Mm -hmm. that'd be irresponsible for me to say um but that's just how i view it like that's why rifen is always um always always there for me but and then yeah. brent's always looking to connect to something i guess so 
I which mean, I think yeah, also yeah. summarizes how y'all approach life differently too. Mm-hmm. Brent's oh, always. Shit. Well, let's get into that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like <laughs> <weird> shit. <laughs> Brent's the people person. He's like mm-hmm. always good at connecting with people, and Adam's very logical. Always yeah. trying to figure shit out. <laughs> no, but it's like it's like the. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. God, this is gonna sound really to say the word of the day like pretentious, but like it's like the 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 Captain Kirk and like and Spock, fucking like duo. Yeah. That's why we <laughs> team up and we're a great team. Director showdown. Yeah. Director bro down more like. <laughs> that's next, that's season, season three is director bro down. Director bro down. Fuck yeah. Um, buddy cop fix. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I get and. Man, I wonder if, like, all the future season enders are going to be... Well, not next season, I should say. Uh, are going to, like, end in us kind of coming to the same realization. That, well, that's like, what I wanted this to go to anyway. So it just... Mm-hmm. It was beautiful that, like, we naturally transitioned to I guess that, so, yeah. You know? It worked really well. But, like... Yeah, yeah I mean, I, do, I when I watch something, I do generally like to... Uh, yeah, like, connect to characters. And I want to, like, feel something. Um, it doesn't mean I don't like you know movies that like make me think and, and things like that it doesn't mean Absolutely. you don't like movies that like i i teared know. up at saving private ryan okay yeah, yeah. and i loved it <laughs> yeah, it's yeah it's damn near There's... impossible not to cry yeah. at the end of that fucking movie absolutely like, is that like the only movie it has to be that extreme yeah you know what? that's a good question like what other movies <laughs> that i have like have you that? have you like teared up or cried at oh man Let's, let's pass this question right there. There is. Can you come back to me? Because there are plenty. What about you, Stone? I generally really try not to cry during movies. I don't like crying in movies. Mm-hmm. But the ones that always get me are animal movies. Oh, oh. How, you, how you get real pissed watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones makes me so mad because they always they kill the horses. They yeah. yeah. like cut their legs off. <laughs> I'm like, that horse has done nothing to you. It is only following <laughs> orders. And I was telling Brent the other day, I'd be the worst medieval like night because i would always be like he's on a horse okay let's wait till he gets off and then i'll fight him you know who else is only <laughs> following orders the Nazis. anyways oh um <laughs> i just thought of one that is not as extreme as um saving private ryan it's uh paris texas that man i need that movie that um that movie is not a puzzle and it's one of my favorite movies of all time and it's incredibly emotional and I absolutely love that movie. Like, it is, um, it breaks my heart every time, and I tear up every time I watch that movie. Mm-hmm. It has one of the best monologues I've seen in film. Um, Henry Dean Sand, who died recently, rest in peace. R.I.P. He was the uh, protagonist, and, like, that movie, like, I, I'm, I'm, like, thinking about it, and it, like, makes me tear up a little bit, and it's just, like, there's so many happy moments and just so many so many sad moments and just the relationships with all the characters that it's it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, I gotta mm-hmm. so. watch that one. Um, I told you it's one of my fucking favorites, dude. Yeah. Um. Oh, we talking about yeah. what about you? Jay? Yeah, what about you? Cry on or if if crying is like a, just tearing up is fine. Yeah, do you tear up during yeah. movies? What yeah, kind I mean, of movies I'm, get to you? It's just any type of if there's a really strong emotional moment like in any of the movies that I'm like really connected to. I think the last one that I did was like that I teared up and actually you had to like I was with my brother and my I had to like literally not look at him because he was using to call my my bluff out mm-hmm. and so it was Dunkirk. I was sitting next to an old mm-hmm. man. Oh, who, shit, yeah. Uh, during during a, 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 a really strong scene, an emotional scene in the movie, 
Um, and it wasn't, I guess it wasn't even, didn't feel that emotional on screen, but like I felt it and it was just really crazy. It's like, uh, I don't, should I spoil it? I don't know if anyone's seen Doctor Yeah, Doctor. do go for it. There's a scene where, uh, where they look out onto the, into the sea and like all the civilians are, are rushing towards the, uh, towards mm-hmm. Dunkirk. That part, for some reason, got to me really bad. And it wasn't because the guy oh, next yeah. to me was, like, crying. I'm just, like, it's there's something about, like, civilians just dropping everything and then going to help, like, in, like, a time of need like that. And it's just, man, that really pulled at the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. But the moments like that, like, I mean, if they have it in a movie, that's great. Like, if I can cheer up at a movie, then that movie's going to be my favorite movie. <laughs> like that. You part. know what? That's really yeah. interesting because, like, that's kind of, like... If a movie makes me cry, generally that movie will be like really high up for me, which is really interesting because I saw Soli, and that movie's not very good, but I cried like three times. <laughs> oh my god! And like I was like I was like crying. And I was like, this movie's not even that great, but like fuck, man, because it's so easy. It was so easy for that movie because like yeah, I mean, the real, it's all the drama. You know, right yeah, there. you know, yeah. and um, but yeah, what I mean, movie, that's let's do this. What movie does Brent not cry in? You cry in a lot of movies. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, at least at least get watery eyed. I look over at him during movies, and he's always. Like, it's when that crescendo comes, and he just can't big, do it heart. anymore. You know? Yeah, I guess so. But um, as that little stone heart, that's not. It's all. It's all up here. That's it. And that's I don't cry not because I don't want to, but just because I'm like in my head, like you're not a little bitch. Don't do it. You're not a little bitch. You gotta let this. Yeah, see, I have that, you're always <laughs> crying, babe. My voice is in my. Cry. That voice is in my head every time I'm about to cry. I'm just yeah. like, it still doesn't work. I'm just like, I just need to like ball or at least give a tear out, and then I'm just like, I'm good. I'm good. But like it's really heavy in my chest. I'm like fuck. Like I got really teary eyed during a fucking like recently. This is obviously not. Real, oh, it, the subject's related, but. I was watching an episode of Dragon Ball fucking Super, and there was a character that fucking had the craziest, like, monologue, and, like, it was so touching, and I was just like, no fucking way, this person's about to die, in the most badass way, anyway. And they died. Which one? Which one? Which it was Master Roshi, but he was like... Oh, shit. He was like, I don't know, he was talking to Goku and Krillin, like, and just, like, basically saying that he loves him I and stuff like that. that. I can see that. And I was like, no way, and I was just like, oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> well, that's like yeah. your childhood. That's yeah, like exactly. That's yeah. childhood it's so thing, crazy. for sure. Uh, but yeah, like if they anything, things should make you cry. Like yeah. movies should should get that emotional, mm-hmm. and they should be high up on your list if they make you cry. I yeah. teared up during Titanic last night. Oh yeah, yeah. I would be very sad if in real life I had to say goodbye to Leo. <laughs> that still gets me. Let him float down. Yeah, I've seen that last yeah, night too. Like that still gets me. Yeah, You'll, float time, like, You'll, You'll float, float too. You'll float too. <laughs> Leo didn't float. He did not float. Yeah, he sunk. That's the problem. <laughs> We all uh, sink down here. <laughs> we all sink down. We all die down here. Um, shit, man. So, I mean, final yeah, thoughts. Yeah, let's, let's, let's uh, just give our final kind of uh, closing arguments about um, the Neon Demon. What do you think? Like, just summarize your general uh, thoughts about them. Um, I'm the first. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, this, this movie is... Like, two-thirds of it is really, really good. The last third, I, I'm, like, still trying to, like, come to grips with and, like, kind of figure out. Um, but, I mean, yeah, this movie is, like, it's beautiful. The soundtrack's incredible. Um, and, I don't know. It's just, it's one of his weaker movies for me. Mm. Um, I just... And I mean, I like the shockingly, I like Only God Forgives better than this one now. I'd say. No, I feel that. Yeah. Um, 
And just like maybe, maybe yeah, like the subject matter is maybe harder for me to like identify with. Like maybe inherently I can get more into like Ryan Gosling running like a fight club in Taiwan than like the modeling community of L.A. Maybe and maybe that's like uh, you know a part of it. But uh, I mean, yeah, this movie is like super out there and gets insane at the end. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's good. I'll say it's good. <laughs> That's good enough yeah. for me. I um I loved it. It's um super visually striking. It's uh it's, the visuals to me are like everything in this movie. So like any shot, every shot is like like flawless. It's it's super. It's it's amazing. Uh, soundtrack is pretty great too. Um, I love the way Elle Fanning doesn't really say anything at all. Like in this movie, basically, she's just kind of like you know it's all eyes the entire time, which is like you know like to me that's a signature thing. But I guess I haven't seen enough uh, rep and stuff to. I'd say it definitely that, is. I'd say, yeah. Okay, cool. But um, yeah, and that one's it's really hands. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was gonna say it's it's really I have I have some really uh, have you know I do like the fact that it gets really extreme at the very end though. I think you to counter that your point because you say you okay. don't really like how it turns into a. Well, I love that. I have mixed feelings about. I have mixed feelings about about it. You, you do. I don't hate it. I don't love that it turned into a horror film at the end. I only liked it because I like any movie that really pulls the rug out from under you. I did not like, expect yeah, that was happening. Talking yeah, to yeah, about it. It was true. like Dust Till Dawn gets a pass, you know, like so Yeah. You know, like, why, why not this? So I I do like that. That's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. I did not I, I think I even had to double take and rewind the first time mm-hmm. I saw it. Like I didn't know they actually ate it. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like yeah. just barked out an eye. I was like now it's getting surreal as fuck. Like what the hell were you <laughs> watching? And yeah. so you said it turns into a sci-fi movie at the yeah. end, yeah, and then it turns into a commercial because then it's like, or like an advertisement because like it was for credits, yeah, <laughs> for for Sia's new album. Like a, I mean, everything's like branded in this movie. It's like he's pretty cool because he even brands his, his initials, the, t- the titles and stuff. It's kind of weird. Like I said, yeah, the NWR. Yeah. That's really cool. And so I, I enjoyed it. I'm I'm looking forward. This is actually my gateway movie, not Drive, because Drive I still have like Drive's pretty cool. It's the only one that I've seen, so I can't really base. Right, more stuff. You'll have it. a rifenance. Yeah, exactly. To, I need to. Um, I need to roughen up with this. Uh, with, yeah. with this movie, so like now I'm gonna probably go watch Bronson or like you know mm. Oh my God Ooh, forgives. Fuck yeah! Oh yeah, for sure. It's gonna be awesome. And maybe listen to those podcasts that we I talked about. That <laughs> That's why yeah, I've been holding off to listening yeah. to the ones that I haven't seen because I was like I don't want it like right. spoiled and stuff. It's all spoilers for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. How you, babe? Um, I thought it was a really pretty movie. I enjoyed looking at it. I don't know that it's going to be on my favorite movies list oh. or that I would ever <laughs> watch it again. The only reason I'd watch it again was just to be, like, curious as to see, try to find some imagery or, like, symbolism that I haven't didn't pick up on the first time. But I don't think I would watch it again out of, like, you know what movie I'm really dying to see second <laughs> time around? Neon yeah. Demon. You know, I should have done it. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's definitely, it's a movie that... I would rather watch again with friends so we can just talk about it. Yeah, yeah. that's that's Definitely. or with people yeah. that haven't seen it because it's it's yeah. interesting to do yeah, that. Just because you're like you're like kind of like like half and half watching them. Yeah, and like yeah I felt like that's what y'all were doing when me and Ellen were. Yeah, watching I was like, it was one hundred percent. Yeah, I was like, how they reacted. It's like, are they gonna make it to the fucking necrophilia scene? I think it's really interesting that that you like that. She didn't talk much, which I get that's what he was going for, but it really irritated me. Mm-hmm. Like, not not that I expect, want her to, like, talk a bunch, like, in, in like, mindless movies or other normal movies, but mm-hmm. I get the artsy thing, but just a little bit more, because no one just, like, stares at people yeah, they just met and go, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, that's, like say something. You're making me so, you're so awkward. Like, nobody talks like that. Especially, I've seen enough America's Next Top Model to know models mm-hmm. don't talk yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. They're well, very annoying. I will say that Ruffin is, no is, a, very, is a very introverted um, director. Like, a lot of his movies have um, little dialogue. And that's for kind sure. of like style. Yeah, apparently, I mean, even to the like detriment of it being like very like awkward and uncomfortable. Oh yeah, for sure. yeah. There's stuff like, like yeah, and drive. There's a couple scenes where like watching him the first time, I was like, like this person's talking to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, like half of that movie is Ryan Gosling just being like. When somebody just said something to him and he's just yeah, like, I fucking love it. <laughs> and it's like yeah, it grows on you. Like, yeah, it's fucking cool it. now, but like at first it's like what are you? I mean that, that's why it's the exact opposite of, of Linklater, who everyone will <laughs> shut the fuck up in his oh, films. Yeah. Like like Jesus Christ, give me like some time to process <laughs> what the what they're talking about. <laughs> what is this, Kevin Smith? Like. Like with Slacker and Days and Confused, it's just like, yeah, yeah, reference, yeah, yeah, we're all talking, it's funny. And it's just like, well, let me let me try to think about what's happening. Yeah, that's that's my deal. But um, yeah, for me, this movie, uh, I really I really like it. I think it's Ruffin's most uh, beautifully shot film. Um, more so than Only God Forgives. Only God Forgives. Because, like, to me, like, before the Neon Demon, Only God Forgives was actually, like, the prettiest one. And he's just up in his game again. So, mm-hmm. in that respect, um, I really like this movie. In terms of narrative, um, it's under Only God Forgives, too. And I just I just love Drive so much because it just, like, itches that spot on my, my back. Like, and your reference back? Yeah. That yeah, reference spot. Uh, <laughs> but, Bron- I know, Bronson's fantastic, too. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't... I haven't watched any Refn film and been um, disappointed. Um, put the Pusher trilogy is uh, I've only seen the first Pusher one, but it's interesting how I mean it's like proto. It's not proto Rife. It's like way before Rifen got his style. So a little bit. There's still a little bit of Rifen's uh, monochromatic uh, um, techniques in it, but overall it's, it's okay. not like the Neon Demon is like height like. Ruffin for sure, yeah. yeah. It's like Valhalla. firing on all cylinders. Yeah, have you seen Valhalla Rising too? Mm-hmm. Is it? It's good? good. That one's like I, I've seen clips and bits and pieces. Of I, that I would say like take an afternoon and just watch it. Okay. And he doesn't say a honorable word. mention. Mm-hmm. Honorable mention to the scene where she molests the corpse because that is probably one of the most uncomfortable scenes. I've ever experienced top most uncomfortable scenes. I was down here. I was like, "What? No! Ew!" Like yeah. just like screaming because I was like, "What the?" Only out of reference, mind would uh, a lesbian necrophilia scene would ever. Yeah. Would ever yeah. come out. I just realized we were getting to the end of the podcast. And I haven't said anything. <laughs> yeah, we had any attention. Like Jen yeah. Warren really fucking like goes for it. Yeah. She deserves an Oscar. Like licking her. Yeah, tongue and it. like. She did great. She did really well. No, I mean, not just that part, but she just did really well overall. Like, her entire character. She's really good, yeah. She's just like, whenever that the change happens in her like in her character, like, she's terrifying. Fuck, yeah. She's like terrifying. Yeah, the switch happened. Bathing in her blood. Like, fuck. Yeah. But yeah. Shit, man. I guess that wraps up today's podcast, and, uh. Yeah. You hear that?
Guys, you found us horse again. I mean, it, oh, you know shit. what, Brent? We, we're not going to run this time. We're what? not going to run this time from Dennis. We are going to oh, stand okay. our ground. All right, let's do it. Would you guys have to. fucking do it? Me. I know. I, I literally have to protect my wife and unborn child. What? What? What are y'all doing over here? Where's Brent? Where is he? I want to see Brent. Dennis. We're right here, Dennis. We're gonna get you. This is it. No more. Uh, what do you mean, no more? I'm gonna, we're gonna get, get Brent, and we're gonna watch all these movies together, and we're gonna have so much fun together. No, Dennis. Fuck no, we're not, Dennis. You're what? never gonna eat my fucking plants again. What'd you say to me, boy? Adam, fucking help me out. Well, you're you're obviously taking care of him real good. Oh shit! Oh shit! He's fucking transforming. Yeah, I can fight too. All right, let's do oh, it. Shit. Oh, 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 shit. Oh, oh shit! Well, well you guys, you guys are gonna have to tune in to next time. Thanks, thanks, uh, Amy and thanks, thanks, thanks John. You got quick quick plugs. Quick plugs. Any plugs? I don't, I don't oh, have any uh, plugs. Uh, fuck. It's not a sticker page and uh by podcast. <laughs> and uh yeah, check out a bunch of sequel, right? And all that. Oh, 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 Dennis. Dennis. Why aren't you guys helping us? Just <laughs> <laughs> sitting there. Fuck. 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 Well tune in to the he keeps growing. Well, tune in next season. Now we do. I don't know, we'll, we'll see. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it's it out. Alive. See you fuckers later.